Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Baked Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio B, our gorgeous Studio B, with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. I like Studio B. I do, too. It's a little set up and tear down, but it's a good studio. It is. Because we're actually in the inner court. That's uh, what I'm reminded of. That's true. Yeah, one of these days we will be in a studio where we don't have to set up and tear down. We could set up once and then leave it. And then when we come back, we just push some buttons and go from there. You know, but it's good. You know, we've got our shofar because shofar, show good. Look, my water bottle's in the way. I see that. <laughs> and we have a menorah, a seven-branch menorah. You know, this, these past couple tour portions, we've been talking about the, uh, the things that are in the tabernacle. And one of them is the seven-branch candelabra, and that is called the menorah. We've been talking about that lately. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you guys for watching. Uh, we appreciate yeah, you guys subscribing and ringing the bell on YouTube, uh, sharing this on your social media platforms and things like that. Because, look, you're a Christian, and you've discovered that the Torah is relevant for today, that the whole Word of God from Genesis to Maps is relevant to our lives as Christians and you want to tell other people about it. Well, instead of like just pointing at people and telling them what they should be doing, you could just share this and we could just like explain the Torah to them in very simple terms. Isn't that cool? I like it. I like it too. So uh, a couple things going on. Uh, look, believe it or not, Passover is in three weeks. That's right. From Saturday. Three weeks from Saturday. Okay. Three weeks from this coming Shabbat. I believe Shabbat. it's the... Uh what is it, March 27th in the evening on a Saturday night? Starts I, I believe so. I believe you are correct. Yeah. But here's the deal, right? That means that now is the time to start getting your heart in the right place to get ready for this feast cycle to begin, to be uh, in the right. We just had Purim, right? Purim has come and it has gone. Esther is safe again this year, right? She didn't see your shadow, so we don't have three more weeks of winter. That's Groundhog Day. Oh, that's Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. She's not a Groundhog <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. She's an orphan. Make me feel bad about it. The tribe of Benjamin. Yeah, okay. Benjamin. All right, that's enough. That's enough of that. Um, all right, so uh, we also have uh, on March 6th, Roy Mary Kindler coming, and then on March 7th, we're having a Seder class. And so I'm excited about the Seder class. I want you guys uh, to come to that, or if you guys are wondering about Seders, uh, a lot of people want to do a Seder in their home. Well, guess what? We have all the resources that you would need to be able to learn how to have people That's over right. to your home and do a, a Seder from a Messianic perspective, meaning that, hey, the Seder uh, has more than just the uh, exodus from Egypt, right? It also has uh, what you know Christians today would, would term as Easter, right? The death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. And so we have a, a Seder Haggadah that we can get you, a PDF version of. So if you guys want it, email me at ryan at topraise.net and I will get it over to you. So let's jump into the meat and potatoes. Uh, today we are studying the Torah portion, Ki Tisa, 
which means when you elevate. It is the Torah portion found in the book of Exodus, starting in chapter 30 and verse 11, and ending in chapter 34 and verse 35. Ryan, why don't you go ahead and read uh, verses 11 to 16 to kick us off to open up this uh, particular Torah portion. It is with pleasure. So tax for the tent. We are now in the worship section. Over my notes a little bit. We are in the worship section of Exodus, right? Because the first half of Exodus is about... Exodus, right? Deliverance. Right. And the second half is about worship. And we go from groan to To glory. glory. Amen. So let's read uh, chapter 30, starting in verse 11, and we're going, what, to 16, you said? Yeah. Let's do it. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord. When thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them. This they shall give, every one that passeth among them that are numbered, half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is twenty geras. A shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Every one that passeth among them that are numbered from twenty years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than a half a shekel." When they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls and thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation that it shall uh, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. Wow. You know, I was just looking over this. uh, Let's see here. This is very interesting. So the amount for the ransom for each soul among the children of Israel was half a shekel. Uh, In Exodus 30, verse 12, let's check that out. I want to read that because I find it interesting and relevant for today. All right, 30, verse 12. When thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord, when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them. Is that When thou COVID? numberest them. No coronavirus? No, but here's the thing. I want to go back to my Strong's Concordance. This particular word is, neg- uh, I want to say negef. Now, negef is actually, let's see here, 5063 in the Strong's Concordance. All right. Now, we're going to slow it down here a little bit. Now, yeah, negef is fifty sixty three. It means to trip, infliction, or a disease. It means a trip of the foot. So God says you're going to have a plague. It's going to cause you to stumble. Yeah, not good. And that's what a, a plague will do to you. Uh, the plague of leprosy is is number fifty sixty one. It's a nega. It means a blow, infliction, a spot. Okay. Hmm. Now, now check this out, Ryan. The sickness and disease came because of Adam and Eve. Yes. And I want to encourage everyone that if you haven't listened to our YouTube channel, gone in there, I did a teaching called The Plague. And I can send you the PowerPoints. Just contact our office. I also did, after a plague, there's great opportunity. So I feel led to just bring up this point as we try to make sense of COVID-19 and this plague and how, you know, hopefully it will dissipate, go away. Uh, they have vaccinations now and different things. But I want to take you to 1 Kings 8. 
Because once again now, we have this word plague in this Torah portion. Right. And it's right. it's the Hebrew word negaf. It means to tr- like a trip of the foot, infliction, or disease. Right. So they had to give this, this amount of the ransom, so they wouldn't get it. It's like a safeguard. Interesting. But they all had to do it to a certain age. I believe it was 20 and 20 up. 20 and up. So yep. I want to go to 1 Kings 8 and tie this in. I know we're, this is a little bit of a, a rabbit trail here, but it's going to be worth it in it's the end. It's a good rabbit trail. It is. Starting with okay. verse 37. Now here's the interesting thing. Now I want to show you another example. If you want to check something out, 1 Kings 8 is, is, a, is, a, is a memorial prayer from Solomon in regards to the dedication of the temple mm-hmm. uh, at the time of tabernacles. But 1 Kings 8 is a huge prayer. It's incredible. But it's got a little part in it that's interesting. In verse 37 of 1 Kings 8, If there be in the land famine, if there be pestilence, blasting mildew, locusts, or if there be caterpillar, if their enemy besiege them in the land of their cities, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there be, that word plague is negah. It's the same word used for leprosy. Ah. What prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hands toward this house. Uh, once again, it says, make supplication unto thee in this house. In the Hebrew, it means towards. Right. So we know the Temple Mount, if we turn this way, Ryan, we're going to be facing east. Yeah, like that This way. way. A little bit to the right. Oh, really? A little bit right. Yeah, you're going to be east. So why am I telling you guys this? Because we know there's been a worldwide pandemic, a plague. And we know that, that everyone was affected. And so this particular word in 1 Kings 8, the connotation is, of course, leprosy. We know why uh, even Miriam contracted leprosy. She was disrespectful to Moses. Yep. And she didn't respect her leader, which was her brother. That's rough. King Uzziah pressed in and wanted to be part of the priesthood and light the incense as a king of Israel, of Judah, of, of the you know the Judean scepter. Right. He doesn't have the priesthood. He tried right. to force his way past 80 priests, and he came down with leprosy and died a leper. So leprosy, is, the connotation is a disrespect for leadership. Yeah. And pride. Yeah. Like, I'll do it my way. And it doesn't work that way. So I'm glad I brought this up because, once again— um, The age requirement to give an offering to the Lord was 20 years old and above. The atonement money was used for the service of the tabernacle. So I want you guys to just think about this. Two prayer meetings ago, two prayer services ago, I was in my seat and I was just praying. And the Holy Spirit was like revealing to me and showing me that billions of people every day wake up and serve themselves. They wake up. And life is all about them and how they can survive and what they can get. And the Lord was telling me, Ryan, when you wake up, will you serve me? Mm -hmm. Will you think of me instead of yourself? So I want to encourage all of you that are listening in your faith and in practicing your faith. It's all about loving God, practicing your faith, but also doing it with others. Yeah. And loving the diversity, you know. So I want to bring that point out, Ryan, if you have any thoughts, I know this is... I feel right out of the gate, I really, I kind of have a heavy heart a little bit uh, because, you know, we all have that nature of selfishness. You know? Oh, absolutely. A small child has a birthday party and wants to experience all the gifts at one time. And if you were to pick up one of their gifts, 
they would get mad and go over to that gift. So then you want to go play with that other gift that, th- that they can't play with because they can't play with both. Right. You know, the doll or the this or that, whatever. Yeah. And so I found out that it's just in our nature. Yeah, well, that absolutely. That's mine, 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 you know. It's funny that you say that because I've always said, you know, everyone thinks that a child's first word is like mama or dada, but it's not. It's mine. Oh, yeah. They learned that word, mine. And I think I heard some seagulls. <laughs> mine, 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 mine. Yeah. I think that's uh, Finding Nemo. It is. It is a Finding Nemo See, reference. even that's in nature. One. It is. Um, you know, I think it also is cool is the, the shekel, right, is a, it's a currency donation um, at this, in this example. Right. And it takes, you know, finances in order to run anything, right? That's so true. We're sitting here with lights on. Right. You know, we have camera equipment and microphones. Yeah. Um, you know, we have chairs. We have a mortgage to pay on the building, right? We have a lawn guy that we have to pay in order to take care of the grounds. Right. You know, there's, there's things that go into... Just being just being in existence, right? right? There's a cost to just existing. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that uh, the shekel is a is a good example of how maybe they used currency in order to pay for certain things that they needed for the tabernacle. It's good. And so on, because I think everybody gives the example that oh yeah, you know, well my tithe, you know, I just bring it up the I'll, when I bring a goat up the middle aisle, the pastor's going to be laughing about that one, you know, and they make that joke and so it's really just not a funny joke because right. it really just it lacks the compassion and understanding. People of, don't know the principle. Of exactly right. You know, I've got I've received a lot of first fruits and, and first fruits offerings. Yeah, yeah, I've given yeah. you first fruits offerings. I've gotten uh, <laughs> the latest one is uh the Sprunts gave me quail eggs. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to like yeah, you cut got, those things it, with yeah. like a. So I thought this is really cool, you yeah. know. Uh, Tom brings me little peppers from his bush. That's right. That's right. So it's really cool. So just think about that, everybody. You know that everything you have is so that you can, you know, expand the kingdom. Wait, did you want a goat? I mean, no. I don't. Are you sure? Because I, I wouldn't. I would break my heart I if you were children. offended that I never brought I don't you need a any goat. Pets. I have children. Okay. My kids want this. I go, go play with your siblings. You know, really. I mean, it's better than an animal. Yeah. You know, just drop you know them off in your backyard. Take care of that yeah. animal. Yeah, yeah. I know all about it. So, this is all being set up for a purpose and a reason, which is really cool because this is the principle. Yeah. You know, we have an incredible almost five acres of a property here. And I say we even have four buildings because oh. I'm going to throw in Ted's shed. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, this is, uh, you know, this is a metropolitan small city. I mean, oh, absolutely. So anyway, let's move on. Downtown Beit Tehillah. <laughs> yeah, downtown. So what was the sixth piece of furniture that the Lord gave instructions to build? This one's exciting. It's the laver of brass. A laver of brass made with the looking glasses of the women. Mm. So brass means judgment. We know the altar of burnt offering is made from brass as well, or copper, copper. Uh, which are like synonyms, they're related, but brass, copper. So it represents judgment. Now, the labor and the altar uh, of burnt offering are really in the outer court. And of course, they're exposed to the elements. You know, I would consider that kind of like basic Christianity. The washing of the water of the word is the labor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're going to find out that uh, water was to be put in the labor for Aaron and his sons to wash their hands and feet. So that was the first thing they would do coming into the tabernacle is wash their hands and their feet. So what do we find? A principle. Well, hey, can I wake up in the morning, get my hand washing cup and say my Jewish prayer about the hand washing and wash my hands and bless them? You know, because it's whatever I'm doing with my hands. So there's the natural and then there's the spiritual, right? Right. And so one of my favorite things about... Jewish culture is that they understand that the natural and the spiritual, rep- they, they mirror each other. And so in order to spend more time 
in a less carnal mindset, in the spiritual nature, right? They do things in the natural to connect with the spiritual, right? Like washing hands, right. and washing hands can seem like something that you just do when you go out of the bathroom, or right now with COVID, something you do like every five minutes. Ooh, I touched that. Let me go wash my hands, you know. But what's cool is that if you can use that as an opportunity for prayer and to thank God for washing us with his word, right, and to apply the spiritual principles as you're doing it, then it gives you kind of a meditation that's in your heart now that you are connecting with God through something that right. doesn't seem, you know, they even have a prayer for when they're going to the bathroom. Well, thank you, God, that my plumbing still it's works. It's the ceremonial <laughs> part of the law. Right. I think the ceremonial part of the law or the Torah that we find in here, these steps that we have to take that we see in here, I believe is, is cautionary where it's like, okay, God wants us to slow down. Yes. And take some steps. Yes. To, to arrive at the place where we need to arrive instead of just, you know, haphazardly doing something or going into something. There's like safeguards, like the three branches of government. You know. mm-hmm. So so once, once again, you know, we're getting into some detail here because this is the part of worship. We're studying the part of worship in the book of Exodus because chapters 19 to 40 is about worship. Yeah. Chapters 1 to 18 is about deliverance. So now that, you know, we've come into the fold and we've come into, you know, we're working on our salvation still getting healed and delivered, but we need to come to this place where we're actually doing these things that we have learned. Right. And that's why it's so great to have a church and do it with others because then you don't feel left out or alone and then you can imitate it. So what five ingredients made up the anointing oil? Oh, this is cool. So uh, this is myrrh, cinnamon, calamus, cassia, and olive oil. Wow. So those five ingredients make up the anointing oil and anointing uh, means to set apart. Right. So you can anoint houses, you can anoint people, right? even I believe animals, the tabernacle. I mean, I think you can anoint, I don't know, the sacrifices are anointed, but anyway, it means to be set apart. So when people come, like Ken God was here, and I wanted to anoint him yeah. and pray for him, you know, he's 85 years old, he's a widower, and if you haven't had an opportunity to watch Ken Gob on our YouTube channel, please watch it. You will be encouraged. He's 85 years old. He just lost his wife of 60, I think 65 or 66 years of marriage. Yeah. So he's he's been in ministry and everything a long time. He's an evangelist, but anyway, I think you would really enjoy his his uh, his word. So anyway, you know, Reuben Prager, uh, who is uh, what he, he considers himself a Levite on duty. Yes, which I, I love that restoration. There is someone there who is restoring the the biblical things back right. to the land of Israel. And uh, he brought with him the different oils and things. So you get to smell calamus and cassia and all these different things. Yeah. Some of them don't smell good, right? Some of them are just absolutely rancid. But what's cool is you mix them together and you get this unique, you know, beautiful, fragrant scent. But this is the pattern. That's my point. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, this is what we do. Oh, Ryan, uh, I would like to replace calamus with lavender. Oh, yeah. I like lavender. Uh, I like lavender, too. I do, too. I think it'd be good for everyone in the times in which we live. Yeah, some cedar wood and hyssop. Cedar wood and hyssop. Yeah. Now, you know, the priests were commanded to anoint the tabernacle in themselves. So it's kind of interesting as, as, you know, we got to be careful because, you know, God said, you know, if you hear my voice and keep my covenant, you'll be above all people. Yeah. You know, that can be used against us. Like, oh, look at you guys. You think you're better than everybody else. Well... That's what God said. Yeah. God said he'll put you above all people, meaning that you're listening to him, you're obeying him. Now, why am I bringing this that's up? Not a dis- that's an invitation. I know, it is. Right? But here's the thing, though. This is why I'm trying to say what I want to say. God actually says in Leviticus, I have severed you from the people. Right. So where do we draw the line, you know, to coddle all these things in people? Right. When God is saying, listen, I want you for myself. Yeah. 
but you have to interact with others. See, that's the catch. That's what Jesus did. That's the, the, the Jesus was brilliant. Yes. He was God. He had Torah, but he could mingle with the people. They didn't, he loved them. He says, I came for the sick, you know? Yeah. And that's the cool thing that we're seeing now. That's how this church is going to make it is through humility. Amen. Because when people come here and they say, I've hit rock bottom, my life is a mess. We invite them in, we hug them, we bring them in, and we, we and, and this is a hospital. Yeah. Jesus came for those that were sick, not well. So what I'm saying, we, we have to always have that need and that understanding that I've severed you from the other people. Severed means there's nothing hanging on. Yeah. You have to be different. You will be different. And I think that's what makes the society better, but it also brings persecution. For sure. But if you're using it to, to, to better people's lives in your own life, you know, how could it be used against you? That's why I love America and the freedom of liberty and religion. Yeah. Because we truly, truly, Ryan, get to practice our faith. And, and I don't, you know, I'm not buying into all the conspiracy theories and all these other things because I really believe that if you want to be a good Christian, a true Christian, and you want to pray and worship and read your Bible, nobody is stopping you. That is correct. How much closer can we get to the Lord? How many verses have we memorized? What are we filling ourselves up with? Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm knowing this, you know, and it's because you want to. You know, you want to have a change of mental state and being and renew your mind and stuff. Right. And it's not going to happen, Ryan, if you're on Facebook and watching all this TV and all, it's just yeah. not going to be transformed. Well, and true change comes from within. You won't be transformed. So we're, we're, for the sake of time, we're going to move on. Now, the priests were not allowed to make something like the anointing oil or put it on a stranger. So this is for holy purposes. Right. It's not air freshener. No. You don't put right, it in your right, car. Right. Yeah. Okay, this is for anointing, for sanctifying and setting apart. Remember that. So what four ingredients made up the incense? All right, so stacti, onica, galbanum, and frankincense. Now, anyone who made the anointing oil or the incense for personal use would be cut off from his people. Yeah. So there's a standard there. Yeah. So there's a standard, and there's the, there's the anointing oil, there's the incense, because you have, of course, these things already being built, right? right? And so now we're going to look at God appoints the builders. What two builders did the Lord call to build the tabernacle? These are This is cool. So it's Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and Aholiab, the son of Ahissamach, <coughs> of the tribe of Dan. So Bezalel was filled with the Spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. So it looks like um, Bezalel, his, his name means in the shadow of God. And of course, we have Aholiab. I'm not sure what his name means. I don't have that in front of me. But um, I guess one was in, like a jeweler. Was Bezalel the jeweler? I believe so, yeah. And of course, the, uh, the tapestries would be uh, Aholiab. Yep. Well, and what tapestries? I got to say, you know, like I always imagine being a part of the story uh, in, in in the books, right, of the Bible. And I imagine that somebody's writing, you know, some of the, the new scriptures today, right? That someone in heaven, right, that there's an angel and he's writing down like, look, look, there's Ryan and Pastor Nick. They're over there and they're, right. they're doing this and they're These doing that. These guys were called out. And so what a cool verse to get, you know, chapter 31, verse 3. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. I mean, like, I want a verse like that. <laughs> and, you know, right now we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. So we can quench and grieve the Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely. I'm always asking forgiveness for that. Yeah. Well, what's cool is yeah. God gives us his Spirit, and we can choose still our flesh 
or the Spirit of God. You know, it, it, it's true. I mean, I had a situation that happened this week where I was really praying, and I had to make some decisions, and I had to have a meeting. Ooh. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit gave me a download, yeah. gave me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and how to handle the situation. Because not everything's a cookie cutter, you know. Yeah. So, so I, I, I walked away from that meeting, and I said, Lord, you are awesome. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the wisdom of, remember Solomon, when the two women were fighting over the baby? Yeah. And he made that, yeah. that verdict. Yeah. Hey, you cut know what? Half, yeah. Let's cut them in half. And, you know, you the child that belonged to the woman was trying to stop it. Yeah. The course. other one says, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. She walked you know. right into that one. So, yeah. You know, it's so, funny. I had a meeting this past week, too, just like that, where I was praying ahead of time. And, you know. See? And, and it, was, it went well. So, oh, boy. We got to put God first, don't Amen. we? Amen. I yep. mean, everything. He really everything. does. You know. I'll tell you what, though. But then I think of other other parts. Because basically, it was filled with the Spirit of God. Why can't we? We can be. Well, and I we think about other pieces of life. You know, if we're filled with the Spirit of Wisdom. God, the enemy is going to try to come and throw things in our path, yeah. right? And we can't lose our witness. We need to remember. And wisdom is the application of knowledge. That's right. All right, let's look at this. This is really good. What was the Sabbath between the Lord and the children of Israel? A sign. So once again, it's a sign of the Mosaic Covenant. So That's when right. you keep Shabbat, you're keeping the marriage covenant at Mount Sinai, called the Torah, that Yeshua, Jesus, renewed. Amen. And so he what renewed. is the sign of the Abrahamic covenant? It's circumcision. There you go. That's What's right. What's the sign of the Noahic covenant? It's a rainbow. That's right. That's, That's right. right. So what did the Lord give Moses after communing with him? He gave him uh, the two tablets of testimony, which is uh, two tables of stone written with the finger of God. He wrote it himself. Wow. You know, this comes to mind uh, real quickly here for the sake of time, but uh, written with the finger of God. Yes. So we have that expression, is that written in stone? Right. As a matter of fact, it is. So in Luke eleven twenty, we have a very interesting uh, storyline here of Yeshua about Jesus and Beelzebub. So basically, they're accusing him of having demons because he can cast out demons. So it doesn't right. make any sense. You can go back there and study for yourself. But look, look what Yeshua, Jesus says here. This is what he says. I love this. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Boom. Yeah, but then he goes on to say, Drop the when a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. Yeah. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, Interesting. he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. Check this out, Ryan. This is going to blow your mind. What Jesus is saying is this. Their squatters are demons. They're squatting. They have no rights. Right. They try to enter you and, and, and wreak havoc in your life. Jesus is saying, but when I come, the squatter has to leave because I'm stronger than the squatter. Yeah. Who wants to have the squatter? You know, they're called squatters. That's what these demons are. So look at what he says here. He says, he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. He's calling out these demons. They're not for him. Right. They're not for the kingdom of God. They're not for, for God and his kingdom. That should they're be a for, warning to us as well. Themselves. If we're not gathering, that's what he's saying, we're though. scattering. Why can't we fill ourselves up with Jesus? We absolutely should. Eat of me, drink of me, right? Take my yoke upon you. He's he's personal, you know, but but for the sake of time now. Now, this is very interesting how this is all developing now. 
So everything's getting set up. Right. Now they're getting ready to drop the ball. Well, that's what I mean. I look at the contrast here, right? Moses is up communing with God, <laughs> receiving tables of stone written by the finger of God. Incredible opportunity for the children of Israel. But, but just think about it. An opportunity, just like Beit Tehillah. I want, I want to just look at this moment because I think when we put time in between the promise and its fulfillment, that's where all the the you know mischief occurs is in that time in between and i think that it's important to remember to keep your eye on the prize right remember that god has bigger and better things for you and that you can't get impatient and that you can't get you know squirrely and start making bad decisions and things like that because moses is up there and he's communing with god getting ready to bring down the covenant in writing written by god himself Whereas the people are down and they're starting to get antsy and act a fool. Check this out, Ryan. I'm looking over Jensen's Old Testament survey. Check this out. I've heard of this. Now hear me out on this. Look at this. From 19 to 24, these chapters, I'm just looking at this. Chapters 19 to 24 is all about the law, the Torah. Yeah. Teachings and instructions. Yes. This great marriage covenant, right? Yep, yep, yep. Now. If we look at verse or, or chapters 25 to 31, it's the tabernacle pattern. Yes. We're given the instructions. We're given the pattern. And now we go to chapter 32. Oh. These next three chapters, 32, 33, and 34, is all about idolatry. Ugh. So right in the midst of all of this I know. comes all this goofiness and stupidity and idolatry and just foolishness. So we have the golden calf in Exodus 32. And what did the people want Aaron to do when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mount? Make them gods. Make them gods. Now, where, where do they get the plurality of this? Well, Egypt. From Egypt, yeah, of course. You know. and, and here's another thing, Ryan. As you, if we stop and look at the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the, the Grecian Empire, Roman Empire, the revived Roman Empire, before you can create any of that, there was the Egyptian empire. Pharaoh was the father of all these lies. So the foundation of false religion and everything lies within Egypt, mm. which is amazing. Aaron asked for all the golden earrings from the people and made a molten calf. Aaron built an altar before the golden calf and proclaimed, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. To so Yahweh. Here's he called the thing, it though. Yahweh. Well, yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> it's familiarity. This is the things yeah. that they were familiar with. Yeah. And they didn't know what, what Moses was doing or what was going on. You know, is he ever coming back? And, you know, so so 40 days and 40 nights, you know, he's gone out of the picture. Yeah, but he already told them, right? The first commandment, right? Is it say, I, out of sight? Out of mind. Out of mind. That's right. I am the Lord your God, right? Have no other gods before me. Yeah. Make no graven images. Yeah, but see, they're still got the slave mentality uh. and they're coming out of Egypt. I can relate to that. Okay, uh, Exodus 32, verse 6. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. So once again, they understood the sacrificial system. Yeah. A burnt offering to the golden calf, which represents their new God. Yeah. Yahweh. Which, which is a mixture. They called it Yahweh. Now, now lo notice what they did, though, Ryan. They offered up peace offerings because now it's a barbecue. Now they can eat. So they can play and carouse and, you know, have lasciviousness and all this stuff, debauchery, all this stuff. And then what happens? They can have peace offerings. So yeah. now they're really partying. They're having a tailgate party out there in the wilderness. Right. You know, and so the Lord, 
told Moses he was angry with the people for making a molten calf to worship. Now, we know the, 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 the calves are very popular in Egypt. Yeah. This is so popular, Ryan, we don't have time to get into it all, that in Bethel, in Tel Dan, right, it was, wasn't it Jeroboam? Right, he made... That put up calves. Calves. Familiarity. So bad. Moses interceded for the people when the Lord wanted to destroy them. Now, you can go in great detail in chapter 32 in this, but... Yeah. And matter of fact, supposedly this was the 17th of Tammuz, which is cautionary in the color-coded biblical calendar. Which is the beginning of the three weeks of affliction. Now, it's been brought to my remembrance that when the Supreme Court passed this, you know, this marriage act, the same sex could marry. Right. This would have been the time that Moses was up there receiving the Ten Commandments. Go back historically and look at it. The Torah portion and everything, when you go back and look at the storyline. That's crazy. So when Moses came down with the two tables of testimony, Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted and said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. Now, Joshua was a good disciple. He was in Egypt. Now he's in the wilderness. He's serving Moses. Right. Joshua is an Ephraimite. Okay. He went to war with Amalek when they came out of Egypt. I'm, I'm an Ephraimite. I'm an Ephraimite. Mm-hmm. So look at what Joshua's going to end up doing, but he's going to end up bringing them into the promised land. Come on, Now, here's somebody. the thing, everybody that's listening. Ephraim are the non-Jews that are coming into the house of Israel. Yes. The commonwealth that are grafted in. This is so simple. I teach this to my pastor friends. So simple, yet profound. Now, we have the revelation, so now what do we got to do, Ryan? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So now we're going to act on this truth. We, we are. Yeah. But it's not made for everyone. We have to force it. Right. But they're going to ask us, give an account of your faith. Yes. Ryan, why are you doing these things? And you're glad to respond. I am. Now, I'm only bringing this up because this is so important. This is so, so important. Because the house of Joseph is real bad with idols. Yes. Rachel took the household idols yep. from her father. Yeah. Now, I'm going to keep on here. Um so Joshua didn't know what was going on in the camp because he's waiting at the bottom of the mountain for Moses to come down. Yeah. He didn't waver. He didn't even go back to the camp. He's staying there waiting for his master. Yeah. Boy, that's a good disciple. It is. He passed the test. Yes. How many tests are we going to have? So when Moses came near the camp, he saw the calf and dancing. He was so angry that he broke the two tables of the testimony. So once again, you know, uh, we believe that the dance is being restored, but this was improper dancing. Like we talk about twerking is not good. Twerking <laughs> is a sin. But yet we do Mayams. We do Turkizias. Yes. You know, we, praise we do God. flying Mayams. Flying. Those are kosher. Those are good. <laughs> twerking is bad. Yeah, I agree. But this is what the enemy wants to do. And right. that's why you know, you'll see the dance is being restored. Amen. Davidic dance and congregational dance. Because when you hold hands and you form a circle, it promotes unity. Yes. I've never seen anybody in congregational dance that was mad. Huh. Or angry. Yeah. You just can't help but smile yeah. and run into each other <laughs> if you have two left feet. So what I'm saying is that, why are you bringing this up, Pastor? Because in Jeremiah 31, the dance is going to be restored twice. It says it in there. So even before the vineyards of Hayovel, the yeah, dance was going to be right. restored. That's right. And so that's why Pastor Tifa, it was put into her to restore the dance or part of the arts. So anyway, uh, I'm going to let Ryan take it from here. But once again, it was improper dancing, improper behavior. Now, mind you, this idolatry went into sexual immorality. Yes, it does. Now, at Baal Peor, at the end of the you know the 40 years in the wilderness, they were at Baal Peor getting ready to go in. 24,000 people died of a plague. Why? Because they went from sexual immorality 
to idolatry. Right. Well, because so they're... sexual immorality is idolatry. Yeah. It's found in Colossians. I read that the other day, last night. But anyway, I just want to turn it over to Ryan. But this is serious stuff. Yes. Because of the golden calf incident, we have the Day of Atonement now. Yeah. Because the camp was unclean and the people. That's why you have two goats. Some people say, well, if Jesus was the Messiah, he, he should have been, you know, died on the Day of Atonement. He's not a goat. No, he's not. So he's anyway, just something to think about. He's a lamb. Yeah. So, you know, here comes the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's right. You say original sin or the sin. Yes. Of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Listen up, everybody. If you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that means that you're telling everyone what you think is good and what is evil. Right. God's already established that. Come on, somebody. Come on, I know somebody. we're, we're, we're going to have to hit this thing, Ryan. Here we are. Well, let's ask a question. Then. I only have a little bit to share. What did Moses I'm make? I'm only a little bit excited. Oh, just a little. the coffee from El Salvador has just been great. Esperanza. If you're from El Salvador, God, God bless, bless you. you. Amen. Yeah. Life's too short. Yeah, this week's was, uh, what, Blind Tiger, El Salvador, La Esperanza. Yes. We'll do a shout out. Yeah, we should. I believe in supporting the local businesses. I, I agree. I agree. Right? Yeah. I, I believe in champion payments. Yes. <laughs> I believe in champion payments, too. And our sponsor, yeah, exactly. We have a sponsor, we could have a sponsor. Do you need credit card processing? Anyone out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen. I you. have the guy for you. So, what did Moses make the people do after he took the golden calf, ground it to powder, and strewed it upon the water? He made the children of Israel drink of it. He, so was, he like, was saying, "Okay, you want to worship this thing? You're going to eat it and drink it." Ah, you made the golden calf. <laughs> so he's devaluing the idol. Yeah, he's saying he, he's 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 turning it into a powder yeah and making them drink it like this is nothing well you know they say the biggest sinner in the bible was moses because he broke all 10 commandments at once yeah that's right <laughs> at one time at one time um aaron's excuse so this is where it gets hinky because i'm just like aaron, I know. you can't get you, around this you can't this he's is the middle child this is tough this ended up on tmz it's miriam aaron moses this was on tmz this was on oh, you know really? twitter i could see the tweets you know hashtag golden oh, calf you yeah. know uh, cancel Aaron. Listen, this is pretty amazing. Because yeah, in cancel His culture, story. he would have been canceled. His story is amazing. Yeah. Share, share it with our audience. So Aaron's excuse for making the golden calf was that he threw the gold into the fire and it came out a calf. It can happen. It's magic. You know, my wife <laughs> takes all these ingredients and throws them in the oven and shuts the oven. <laughs> 30 minutes later at 350, you open it. Voila, so it's quiche. So, no, great. it's not no. going to happen. I don't think it works that way. <laughs> So when Moses asked who is on the Lord's side, all the sons of Levi came to him. Now, 3,000 men That's right. were killed by the children of Levi because of the golden calf worship. So apparently, you know, you have a million people at the base of Mount Sinai, however, two million, whatever it was. These were the guilty parties. Right. And so 3,000 were seen as like the ring leaders. Like, listen, this is the group. Oh, yeah. We've got to cut out this is the, the bad seed, Mob. you know, and get rid of them. Yeah, we've got uh, face recognition. Ooh, yeah. Well, imagine Cameras. imagine the people that stormed the Capitol, right? So you have this right. big group of people, right, doing a good thing, and then what, the 3,000 have to mess it up for the million. That's essentially almost the same thing. There's a million people there. But, you know, based upon the Constitution, though, they were guilty. Oh, yeah. Based upon the Constitution. I think so. I don't know how that works. Well, because it's treason. It's it's bringing harm well, to the, the people. Capital. Oh yeah, the people coming. Against, if you look at yeah, the constitution, you're the not 3, allowed. You're not allowed to bring harm to yeah. the government capital. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I would say so. Three thousand men were killed, but remember, in the Book of Acts, three thousand 
repented, were born again, and then baptized on the Temple Mount. That's true. There's something interesting about that. So that, a little tie in there in the New Testament. I see That's what, what you did I'm there. saying, everybody. Numbers don't lie. That's right. So the next morning, Moses said to the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure, I shall make an atonement for your sin. Moses loved the people. God. He really, really loved the people. I mean, he really this loved the people. This guy's a saint. He will remember when the Egyptian was beating up one of his I Hebrew, know. you know, one of his one of his kind. He said, "Oh, not on my watch," and he uh, he took him out. Let me tell you how much of a saint he is. Let me read verses thirty-two and thirty-three of chapter thirty-two. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, "Whoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book." Now remember, you know, Moses is trying to put himself on the chopping block. Here we have a on book, behalf of the yeah, people. the Book of Life, the yeah. Lance Book, a Book of Life. And he's like, "Hey, blot me out!" Like, so everybody's in the book, yeah. But are you blotted out? Well, and and you know, Moses went ahead and they 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 went ahead and took out right three thousand of the culprits. Yeah, and so I think that they 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 cut out the, the three bad. is divine of the Lord. The number three. Right. So they cut out the bad seed, right? Got out the, the weeds or whatever. And then right. he goes before the Lord. So he has a place to stand. He's taking action, right? This is not, he's not going before the Lord empty-handed per se. So let me ask you something. Let's look at the presidency of Biden. Shouldn't we really be praying for him and interceding? Oh, absolutely. Now, now we cannot agree with some laws that he might pass. Yeah. But we really need a prayer target President Biden and Vice President Harris. We yes. have to prayer target them. Yes. And say, Lord, put laborers in their path. If those of you that are listening, quit criticizing this government, this administration, and be praying and interceding. Yeah. Pray for Christians to be in the White House. Pray for laborers to come into their path. Yeah. You know, because that's powerful. Right. Because there were believers in Caesar's house. I think it's a nice. I got to find that verse again. I keep mentioning it, but I got to find it. But it's funny that did Caesar even know? Right. But I mean, there were, there were believers in Caesar's house. Yeah. So believers are everywhere. Yeah. You know. We need to pray for the presidency, you know, pray for the position, pray for the the leadership, right, that we would receive good leadership. Um, because ultimately, as much as we hate to admit it, they represent us. So we also need to pray for the people, you know. All right, let's do it. So did the Lord plague the people because of the golden calf? Yes, he did. Here we go. It's now, a plague. Is now, it a Nagah? Listen. Listen to me. I'm listening. They just paid the ransom. They paid the tax. They paid the... The, the, I know the shekel, the shekel, yeah. To not have a plague, and then they brought it on themselves, and they paid, and then they disobeyed. Yeah, you're going to pay to disobey. Oh, that'll preach. Not good. Now thirty-two, thirty-five. Ooh. This is so good, Ryan. It is. This is good stuff. Now let me go back to, to something here. Man, I didn't think about this. I didn't even bring this about. Okay, here we go. This is interesting. Oh wow. Oh my goodness! I gotta look this up now. Let me let me look this up. We got we got we got a few minutes here. I want, I want to look this up. It's on the site study right now. On the site. All right, here study. we go. So it's number what? Fifty sixty two. So this is in between because we did fifty sixty one. So basically, fifty sixty three. It says, you know, a trip of the foot and infliction of disease, I'll keep that far from you. Nagaf, right? Now, leprosy is 5061. Nagaf. So this one is 5062. Wow. In 1 Kings 8, that one is leprosy. Okay. Okay. Which would be... 5061. 
5061. Yeah. So let's look up 5062. I'm going to tell you something that's interesting, Ryan. Do you want to know something uh, interesting? I, I'm very interested. Okay, check this out. And anyone can do this study. So I did a study on plagues. But there's a word called pestilence. Mm. And if you look it up in the Hebrew, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's the same word. Yeah. All throughout. Yeah. It's just one word. Pestilence. Yeah. And it's bad. Not good. No. Pest. No. Talents. So this is 50, 62 that we're looking at. It means nagaf, to push, gore, defeat, stub, inflict, beat, dash, or hurt. Yikes. This okay. is like a spanking. Yeah. He spanked him. Smite, strike, stumble. Put to the worse. He whooped him. Oh, my gosh. It's Nagoth. So, while everybody's arguing and debating and fighting over who's responsible for the plague, it's God. Oh, yeah. No, At the end of the day, that's right. it's God. He affected the whole world. And listen, I'll make, I'm not going to say this is exactly why, but I'm going to say that the timing is very convenient. I was on a plane— headed for Israel on January 28th, literally the day that President Trump announced the deal of the century and decided that they were going to split the land of Israel and create a Palestinian state inside the borders of the land of Israel. Because Palestinian state in his, in his deal was 300 was times. 300 times. 300 times they mentioned Palestinian state. And the Palestinians didn't even have to agree to it, and they still got a state. So let's just say that that happened on January 31st, three days later, he closed the border to China because of the coronavirus. Yeah. And the rest is oh, history. I know. I know. You don't mess with the land. Stay you out of it. You know, Jerusalem is a cup of trembling. It means in, 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 the, in the Hebrew, it means a cup of poison. Keep your nose out of now, it. Keep out of it. One could say that this is just convenient timing and the two have nothing to do with each other. But I disagree. There is a, is it, is it watch.org? Um, I don't know. There is a site. Um, I believe the guy, his last name is Koenig. He's also written a book and he chronicles. The billion-dollar disasters that have affected countries oh, yeah. that have come yeah. against the land of Israel, and when you see the timing, Past presidents. it is at this point irrefutable proof. You cannot just say, "Oh, it's just happenstance." Land for peace is not good news. Land for peace, no. Splitting the land of Israel, God does not like it. No, I would not be the now, one. Doing now, here's the good news, Ryan. Whenever- and by the way, Trump's no longer president. I know, I know. And I'm not Go saying figure. that this is why, but... Go figure. So here, here's the deal, though, you know, being kingdom-minded with God. You know, uh, in Exodus chapter 33, God gives the orders to march. So now the judgment's been rendered. Yes. We're going to close the deal. Yeah, it's done. It's closure. Let's go. Let's move on. He's the God of second chances. God gives the orders to march. And so here we are, March 2nd. <laughs> You've got to love that, Ryan. I see what you did there. <laughs> the Lord told Moses that he will send his angel before the people to drive out the Canaanite, yes. the Amorite, the Heatite, the Perizzite, the Heavite, and the Jebusite. So what does God want to do, Ryan? He wants to fill the land with his children. Right. So listen up, everybody that's listening. Don't try to figure out how you could live in Israel or any of that. Don't try to figure anything out. Just remember this. God wants to put his children in there to get the enemy out. And that's all I'm going to say. I mean, think about it. So the Lord told Moses the people were stiff-necked. Stiff-necked. That means you're just looking, you know, it's like the guy's so narrow-minded. Yeah, he can look through a keyhole with both eyes. He can look through a keyhole with both eyes. (laughs) The Lord wanted the people to take off their ornaments. See, right there. You you shouldn't be celebrating Christmas. It's right right (laughs) there. Get rid of your ornaments. 
I know. Uh, I yeah. don't make this stuff up. Yeah, it says it right I there. See, yeah. Exodus 33, 5. I believe he's referring to jewelry at this point. Because the jewelry is what they use to t- make a golden calf. So I think at this point he's talking Put about off jewelry. thy ornaments from thy tree. I'm just teasing y'all. Y'all can celebrate Christmas if you want to. I mean, I wouldn't go. See, see why you got to take the pendulum and swing it all the way back in the other I'm direction. I'm just, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. So somewhere now he drew the line and says, that's it. I'm, I'm going to move out of this area. Yeah. Because it's just too much. And now I need to just, I need a parsonage. Well, here's the deal. I need a parsonage. God has given them an opportunity to blow it again. <laughs> but he's the God of second chances, Ryan. And How third, many chances have you gotten with God? More than two. <laughs> okay, more than two, right? Definitely more so than two. So what do we do with that? We thank him. Yeah. And we learn. Yes, that's right. We thank him and we learn. And we learn. And yes. we appreciate his grace and mercy. And what do we do? We give it to others. Amen. Grace I, and I mercy. I used to call it a dump truck. Yes. Forget about this little shovel of grace beep, and mercy. Yeah. Beep, Psh, beep, beep. Just burnt. dump it. <laughs> and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. Joshua, the son of Nun, never left the tabernacle. Man, now he's an Ephraimite. Yeah. He's hanging out with a Levite. Right. Do you think he's going to learn Torah? Uh, I think so. Do you think he's going to learn the priesthood? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's just like us, Ryan, as Ephraim, as the non-Jews. We're learning about the priesthood. We're learning about the scepter and Jude and all these things that, to put it in perspective and order, amen? So the word grace is found four times in this Torah portion. Grace. Chen. What's the first time that we can find the word grace? Uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of That's God. That's right. They say that was his wife. <laughs> he found a wife. Her name was Grace. <laughs> God promised Moses his presence and rest. So here's something personal for Moses that, that I would nice. like to reflect upon, That's even nice. for me. Yeah. I want my personal experience with God. Yeah. That's for me. Well, you can't lead and anybody. I've, had, I've you, had some. You can't lead anybody else where you haven't. Not been. like this one. Yeah. But I, I would like to, and I'm yeah. believing for that. But what did Moses want God to show him? He wanted God to show him His glory, His face. Now listen, he didn't want God's glory. He wanted to see it. Mm, see, some have said that Lucifer, Satan, yes, was to get the glory and, and give it to God and make sure that the that God gets the glory. And he saw how great it was and how awesome it was, and he wanted the glory for himself. Listen up, everybody that's listening. How many of you need to be careful not to receive the glory? Thank you. I see that hand. Yes, me. You know, so the Lord said to Moses, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. There's been a lot of debate about this. Now, God had dinner with them after Mount Sinai in the marriage covenant, the Mosaic covenant. He had dinner with 70 elders, Nadab and who were there, Aaron, Moses, and it says that God ate with them. Yeah. It had to be a theophany. It had to be. Now, what does that mean? God can be whatever he wants to be. Right. Male, a female, right? I mean, he, he can be a small child. He can reveal himself like Jesus. That's right. If people saw Jesus, what did Jesus say? If you've seen me. You've seen the Father. You've seen the Father. That's right. So Moses was able to see God's back parts as he stood in the cleft of the rock. Okay, Moses was able to see God's back parts as he stood in the cleft of the rock. So if you get this picture of Moses in the cleft of the rock and and God is walking and he goes like this. Right. And then he passes and then Moses can go like that because the hand blocked the way he was in the cleft of the rock. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, I say it like that because I can see it like that. But may, maybe he's in the cleft of the rock and he's and he's looking this way. And then God comes. And as he goes by the cleft of the rock, he can only see his backside. His backside. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know about you guys. I, I, I laughed at myself. Do you ever laugh at yourself? All the time. I laughed at myself because whenever I pray to God, I picture him on the throne. Ah. And I'm coming up to him. Yeah. Dear Father, in Jesus' name. You know? Yeah. But what if you go there and he's not there? Meaning not on the throne? He, he walks. He, he walks the earth. He, you know that he rides his chariot? His throne. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of cool stuff. And people think that's a UFO. But no, you know, that was God. <laughs> you know, he's omnipresent. So I think he's in both places. Right. So Moses made two new tables of stone and no man, flocks or herds could come near the mount. So once again, this is an example of, of the God of second chances. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ryan, check this out. Remember when God divorced Israel in, in Jeremiah 3.8. He divorced Israel. Yeah. And he couldn't remarry because why? Because it would be an abomination. So what did he do? Paul talks about this in Romans, that he sent his only begotten son in a human life form, the second Adam, to renew that covenant, just like these tablets. Because mm. Jesus said, I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And if he was that rock that followed them in the wilderness, then the church was in the wilderness. The church always existed. Well, and then you look at the Ten Commandments, right, and the two tablets, and then you see that there's a second iteration of the tablets that is in partnership with God and man, because Moses makes the tablets themselves, and he didn't change them, and God writes. He didn't it. modify them. But the point being, it's a look. It's a it's a look at. Hey, look, God provided the Torah, right? right? We broke it. God came and renewed the covenant with us, even though we sinned. And so you could see that as a picture of of the whole prophetic picture deeper understanding of, of him and what he wants. Right, exactly. So go ahead and, and hit Exodus thirty four six and seven. So this Bring is the down to these 13 attributes of God. So That's the Jewish people call this the 13 attributes of God. 13 attributes of God. And here's what it says. It says, And the Lord passed before him. So this is, this is Moses seeing the glory of God. And this is, this is how it goes down. It says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will no, by, by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generation. Well, that's a lot, isn't it? Wow. That's, that's him describing himself. Yes. So let's say you had an earthly father yeah. that beat you up. Ooh. How would you picture God? He's a God that beats me up. He, he'd be the one where he doesn't clear the guilty. What about, what if you had a, a fa- an earthly father that was a perfectionist? How Visit, would your life reflect that? Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children. No, but what I'm saying is that we always reflect our earthly father right. to be like our heavenly father. Right. right, right but right. it's not true. No, it's not. It even says, when your mother and father forsake you, I will be a father to you. Right. So what I'm saying is that we have to rediscover who our father really is. And he's a good father. And, and I, I had a great earthly father, but there was a lot of things that I, weren't, that I that wasn't taught or learned. Sure. That now I have to learn through my heavenly father. Why? Because i got to be reprogrammed. So what did the Lord say would happen if his people made a covenant with the inhabitants of the land? Uh, that the inhabitants of the land would be a snare unto them. And, and I made this statement last night in the Torah study, and I, I'm, I'm believing it's true, but I don't, I don't believe there are any laws on the books as far as the nations go that Israel has to keep. The United Nations did not pass laws. They have accords, the Oslo, they have referendums, they have, but nothing's been passed as far as a law saying that the Jews cannot build houses in the land of Israel. I don't believe there is. Well, according, I mean, the basics. Between you and I, yeah, yeah. and we, we discover this thing, yeah. there's a resolution, there's different things, Oslo, they, accords. But they can make whatever resolutions they want. The issue under international law is very simple, right? 
an enemy attacks you, you defend yourself and gain land from it, the land is yours. Period. End of story. There's no question asked. So whether we're talking about their ancestral homeland and their right to it from that point, right. or the enemies that were inhabiting their land attacking them and then their borders expanding, either way, the so Jews let's, win. Let's just <laughs> let's just figure this out in common sense. Yeah. The, the Jewish people left Gaza and turned it over to the Palestinians. And then Hamas... Hamas? Hamas. 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 Hamas takes it over. Yes. And starts shooting rockets from there. Yeah, not good. So that was not a good idea. No, it was not. So let's move on to what three national feast days did the Lord say that all the men, children would appear? Ryan, what are they? National feast days. Because there's eight total feast days counting Sabbath. But what are these national feast days? The three national feast days are as follows. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, or Passover. The Feast of Weeks, Pentecost. And the Feast of Ingathering, Tabernacles. So, as a good disciple, why don't you explain to our beautiful audience here those three national feast days and why it's relevant for today. Those three national... I want to hear your version. So... What's cool about the three national feast days is that they show us God's redemptive plan That's for exactly humanity, right? Yes. It's his plan. Because think about it. Passover is salvation, right? It's Absolutely. the lamb of God that was slain That's before right. the foundation of the world. That's it. So we celebrate and receive God's forgiveness we do. by the covering of the blood That's of the right. lamb. Amen. Yeshua HaMashiach. And that we now can boldly go before God, right? That's right. So he forgives our sins, right? Right. Gives us the lamb, We're right? Redeemed. The whole bit. Yeah. All that's great. And that we become like unleavened bread. Yeah. Just like Yeshua. That's Amen? right. That's what we're working on. So you would say that the exodus did happen, yeah. right? We came out of Egypt. It took place. Right? It happened. They put the blood over. The, the, right. the angel of death passed over. It was fulfilled. So it happened. It was fulfilled. Right. And that even today, that people are being saved and being born right again. Right now we're, as we're talking. They're being saved. are being born again. So you would say that this was fulfilled and still is being fulfilled. Absolutely. That's one-third of the redemptive plan. That's awesome. It? That is. That's one-third. That's Tell right. Tell me more. So Tell me some then more. we have what we just read back in Exodus 19 and 20 about the giving of the Torah. That's right. Right? In the third month in Exodus 19. That's correct, right? Wow, this is awesome. And so this was the first Shavuot, right? Because yeah. 50 days, right? Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, they received, right? They come out of Egypt. They get the Torah. The Torah is given at Mount Sinai. They received the book of the law from God himself. And so we would say that that happened and that 1,500 years later, right, at the temple mount, that the spirit was poured out That's upon right. the believers, amen, like tongues of fire, and that God gave his Holy Spirit the comforter at Pentecost, and that even today people are receiving the baptism of the Holy That's Spirit. That's right. So you would say this is, has been fulfilled and still is being fulfilled. Yeah, he's pouring out his spirit. Right now, prophetically, we are in Shavuot, Ryan, and that's 2,000 years ago. That is two-thirds of God's plan. Is there more? So check and check. Oh, my God. So then all we have left now is wow. the ingathering of the exiles. So God scattered the people throughout the earth. He sowed them out like seeds that's into the world. That's it. And the gospel has been preached for 2,000 years. And so the only thing left is now to bring these that's people right. to the revelation. Come to Beit Tehillah. And to bring them in. Come home. Come home. Remember the Catholic saying? Yeah, come home. Come home. <laughs> Those commercials. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah, except for the pagan idolatry. So thing. that's why Beit is here, everyone. That's right. 
the ingathering of the exiles. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. <coughs> to encourage all of you that are listening and watching. We want to encourage you, no matter where you're at in the world. God loves you. We love you. We think about you. Every time we do this podcast, we're thinking about you, everybody. Yeah. We yeah. are. Yeah. How special you are to listen to this podcast. That's right. Out of all the podcasts you could listen to. Yeah. You've tapped into a good one. That's right. I agree. I mean, bar none. I agree. I mean, for, for, for Ryan and I to pull this off, everyone, is, is a miracle. Yeah. Going on four years, we've never missed a week. That's right. We, we've had some close calls and some challenges, <laughs> but God goes before us. Just Amen. like God said, Amen. the angel will go before you, Moses. That's right. Amen. That's Amen. why we have spears over there in that. <laughs> in that thing over there. Someone comes at us, we're going to. So Moses was on top of the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights without bread or water. I happen to remember Yeshua being on a mountain for 40 days and 40 nights fasting. In the wilderness? Right, when he was, when he was tested. He was in the wilderness. You know, there's no testimony without well, a test. that's when you'd really be thirsty. <sighs> Tell me about it. So when Moses came down from the mount with the two tables of testimony, he had to wear a veil on his face because it shone. It shined. He was shining literally. Right. So he got to see just the backside of God. And he was glowing, and so he had to wear a veil so that the people weren't like blinded. Now that's kind of cool because God, you know, he wanted God's glory so much to be on him and with him that God allowed it to permeate his face. Yeah. Because like when I see God's glory, it's like a cloud. It's like toast. Yeah. You know. Because I'll be with my pastor friends, and I'll look up, and all of a sudden that room in the fellowship hall is like cloudy, like somebody had burnt toast, and I'm and I'm seeing it, and I'm like. I don't want to say anything because I see it. Yeah. But they're not saying anything. And there's no fog machine here. No. Yet. So what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Kitisai, when you elevate uh, from the consensus of Ryan and Pastor Nick? Let me just do my, my two real quick here sure. as we're, we're going over an hour. But anyway, thank you for, for tuning in and hanging in there. I would say this. Number one, stick to the pattern. Mm-hmm. The pattern and principles. We talked about the priests had to wash their hands and feet before going to the tabernacle. That's how they kicked off their day. Why can't we do it? Wash your hands first thing in the morning. Get a hand washing cup. Yeah. You know, it's just a little ceremony, but but it does work. Puts things in motion. Number two, I would say that God is a God of second chances. Amen. Amen. And I can testify that. So the two things that I got is that every person is valuable. Every person is worth at least a half a shekel. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know I just think that that's a good point that the foot at the cross right has level ground that it doesn't matter how rich you were, and it doesn't matter how poor you were. It matters what you did with the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so, what offering are you bringing to God? Um, and I think that that's that's the key piece that that differentiates um, from a rewards standpoint. But everybody can come to God and receive a redemption for your soul. It doesn't matter what status you are. It doesn't matter if you're from India and you're from a lower caste or a higher caste. There is literally no classes from a redemption standpoint. Now, I think once you get in, right, then there's a, what did you do with my son? Remember, as far as rewards oh, yeah, that yeah. are given it, and taken all about away him. and all that. We right. get to do all these things because of him. So my second one was the contrast between Moses and the people. Moses is communing with God, and I think that we can sometimes, as believers, feel like we're alone, like we're silly, like we're superstitious, or, or whatever. Whatever the things the enemy tries to plant as seeds in our mind in order right. to throw us off the path. 
But I would encourage everyone to be like Moses. Seek God. Seek his glory, right? Because guess what you get? When you, whenever you seek God's glory, you end up with him passing before you, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children upon the third and fourth generation. That's a powerful, powerful set of scriptures, whether Exodus 34, 6, and 7. Yeah. But wow. those, that's, I mean, that's, that's, I think, the key. Seek God and the rest. And just remember, though, you know, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's actually, let's close with this. I want to just look at this up real quick here. I want to encourage all of you that I love this part of it. And I use this to share with people uh, because it's important. Um, it says right here in Isaiah chapter 2, And it shall come to pass in the last days. Is that now? that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. It actually, when it says shall be established, it says prepared in the Hebrew. Yeah, it sounds like uh, And many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Come on, somebody. So now that the law is in our hearts and minds, Amen. it's not been done away with. That's right. And it's talking about the last days. It sure is. So the Temple Mount is a, is a hot, hot, hot bed. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We love Woo-hoo. you guys. Um, if you need anything from us, you can reach out to me at ryan at twopraise.net. Send me an email with your thoughts and your prayer requests and things like that. We'll be faithful Please to respond. Pray. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll be here next week doing the same thing. You know, oh, wow. what does they say? Same bat time. Same, uh, something same like that. channel. Same bat channel. So we love you guys. Bless you. Have a great week.